You're tuned in to Cowboy Fans, a popped-off production, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the first Brandon studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm Allure I'm Howler. And I just got to met Howler to make a face at me because I called it a production instead of a we, podcast. It's off-season, lots of big changes. First one here, <laughs> we're a production. Listen, you know, we make this, and we make it in a podcast format. We make it a point to... <clears throat> cough on, on the mic, <laughs> and to uh, record it in a video format. We have, we have a studio that True. we do all those things in. You know, yeah. and, and it really feels like to just call it a podcast is a disservice. It feels like it's more accurate to refer to it as what it is, which is both a video and an audio setup. It's a, right. it's a multimedia production. Wow. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Watch out, world. Here we come. Big changes, big changes. Big, big news. Big, big news. Yeah, not yeah. just this, but big news. Just big news all around. <laughs> so for our first episode in the off season, we are just having fun. We're here to have a good time. Yeah. Because seems like the teams are going to have a good time at the expense of players. Ooh. And their fans. And their fans. <laughs> players, players are being dropped. Fans' hearts are being broken. Yeah. We're going to start with our local team because that's what we do as a Tampa-based podcast. So, Florida Mayhem, they have announced the release of players, which include Swan, Zephyr, Hagapun, DPI, and Rain, along with Coach KH1. They also had a, I'm referring to it as a shadow contract expire, with Ryu Subasa, who was their analyst, who, yep. got, who is now looking for a team as well, who did not get an announcement from the main Mayhem page, which feels very sad to me, mm. honestly, because I feel like Ryu Subasa was one of the best brains that we have in the Overwatch League right now. Right. Um, along with probably one of the integral parts of the Florida Mayhem success, definitely an integral part right. of their Mayhem Academy success mm -hmm. earlier before they released them. And maybe so. this could be a situation where his contract expired, but they haven't totally written him off yet. Like, maybe they'll look to renew the contract, but they're also letting him like check out his options as well. Right, maybe seems... that's why they didn't do an announcement. That's always a possibility. But his did seem a little bit more like his time with Mayhem was done and now he's looking for something else. At least his tweet kind of felt more like that. Yeah, it did. It was very odd. Um, but I feel like some of these releases are a little surprising. Um, I think we all Ooh. saw Swan and Zephyr coming. Yeah. Um, Rain. And... I mean, we had three main tanks. Someone had to go at right. the very least. Right, right. Rain and Chris were sort of. That's how in I between. was. I was like, don't keep both, but I don't know who you keep. Right. It feels like the community in general seems to think Chris is worse than Rain. But I don't feel like Rain played enough for us to really know that. I think Chris had lower lows, but also higher highs. Right. So maybe in the end you go with Chris, because, like, although Chris had some really bad moments. He did. Throughout the season. Um,. Rain just kind of felt lukewarm to me. Sure. Didn't really didn't really stand out. Right. He was there. Where Chris actually also had standout moments, so maybe you decide to have Chris and I, I think maybe you still you could still be looking at other options, right? But you decided you still like Chris on your team. He seems to provide a good atmosphere, smiley guy, might have some kind of leadership qualities yeah. they want to keep in the team. I feel like the two most surprising players on here are Hago and DPI. I know a lot of people expected Hago. They say he has an attitude problem. And I don't like to go based off of that, because literally that's all just rumors. Right, there's right? no way to really know. And 
as fans, I feel like we just have to look at performance, and that's all we can base it on. And Hago and had great performances. Hago had not only great performances, if we look at all four stages, probably the most consistent performances out of any player outside maybe BQB is the only other person that could be in that conversation. Right. So I would say definitely surprising, especially considering Byram wasn't on this list. Right. Where if I think we got rid of Hago, we would have gotten rid of both flex supports. But keeping Byram and getting rid of Hago feels really weird. It tells me that there are some things happening in scrims where they were seeing Byram grow, but probably weren't seeing Hago grow in the same ways. Mm, yeah. That, I mean, because all, all of that's going to be stuff that happened offstage, right? Because on stage, right. Hago was doing great work. Stage four, they were winning. They had Hagopun in the roster when they were winning. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that's just really going to be hearsay. Um, but it's going to have to be something that happened off off stage. can't be something that happened on stage, because if it was only on stage performance, Hago's got it. Yeah, um, and without then, a doubt. And then DPI, we never got to see DPI. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for the guy. He really didn't get an opportunity. Like, the few times we saw him, he seemed good. Just right. Gargoyle's a monster. But I did feel like DPI potentially could have been a good bench player. Like, he, he has this off-tank role, so if Gargoyle ever needed a break or was sick or something, he could fill in there. And DPI also plays DPS heroes. Right. So he could have actually been a pretty useful bench player because he could have filled in whatever holes. If Saya player's out, BQB's out, DPI could have slotted in. If Gargoyle's out, DPI could have slotted in. Right. That could have been something of value. So I felt like this was something you could have held on to, but was also an unnecessary piece. And if you wanted to just kind of let go of him and as a thing of we think you have more opportunity out there and we don't want to like keep you on the bench, you you let him go. So I think it that one's unfortunate, but I can I can see it. Yeah. Uh, it's just you know, yeah. The way things played out, like he could have got more time if Goat stayed meta longer. But by the time he got in, we had kind of switched to that Sombra meta. Yeah. So we never really got to do the Karshan Gargoyle DPI triple tank line right. of, which of was Legend. The whole point. Yeah, which was the whole point of a lot of those pickups. Then we had Fate come in. There were a lot of unfortunate timings with some of the. Mayhem pickups that came in in stage three. Yeah. So I feel like, and this, he's just kind of a, a casualty of that. But I do think there is small value in being able to get into the Overwatch League and have decent performances. Like, he didn't come in and just have a bad performance. Oh, yeah. Like, that could hurt your career. But, like, I think people like McGravy, for example probably wouldn't be on the Valiant if he wasn't on the Mayhem first. If he was still in Contenders, I think he would still be in Contenders to this day. But sure. being brought into the Overwatch League, having a chance to perform on stage and performing pretty okay, um, I think that just gets you in the eyes of people in a way that Contenders doesn't. Absolutely. So ho hopefully this helps him. Hopefully he lands somewhere good. But we'll have to see, especially with a um, stacked Contenders mm. talent pool as well, especially in Korea. Right to see how he lands. So that, those things, you know, players, we have our little surprises, our little unfortunates. I'm going to say that the thing that makes me the most nervous is definitely the release of a coach. Yeah. And uh, I already sort of mentioned Ryu. Um, mm -hmm. But the, also the release of KH1. Just, right, that puts Mayhem down to two coaching staff right now, as far yes. as we're aware. Which is exactly where they seem to start every single time. And it never works. Yeah. 
So if they don't, if this release of these people in the coach's office doesn't come back with more pickups throughout this offseason, yes. that, that's concerning. Um, very concerning, considering the way that we've been performing otherwise. Right. Um, we'll see how that goes. You know, the offseason really did just start. Yeah. I'm hoping we are making some moves. So, so I get too far ahead. We do, there is the gauntlet going on right now, and we'll touch more on that later in the show. But the gauntlet, if you don't know what the gauntlet is, basically contenders runs in different regions the around show. the world. Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> so there's a big contenders thing going on now, right? So tier two. And we actually have staff in Korea for this event. Right. So not only just like, team staff like we have our team manager and translators i know he's been in the crowd like he's there watching i wouldn't be surprised if we have some coaches there oh, scouting yeah. as well but that i don't know for sure i just know our um, translator guy is there right um and i think it, he's like his role on twitter says team manager slash translator so maybe has some hands in a couple pots um, and then we also have some of our media people like rachel i'm not quite sure exactly what her role is, but I know she's a part of like our social media team right. in Aspect. And then we also have our filming guy there as well, our uh, videographer. Ceramix. Yeah. Um, and he's there. Those two are right now in Daegu with Saya Player. Uh -huh. They're filming a little thing about his life and about his hometown. Fun fact, real quick, trivia. What's Daegu known for? I'll give you a hint. Think of Every face of every player in the league. Now think of Saya. Their hairstyle? Saya. Saya. Mm. I got nothing. Beautiful people. Oh. Anyway. And now you know. <laughs> now no you know. Daegu's known for beautiful people. G.I. Joe. G.I. I don't know. I don't know if that works. G.I. Jung or something, because now we're in South Korea. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so they're in Daegu, but there is a possibility they were in Seoul for a little bit. I'm hoping they're there, taking a little pictures for Anthony to work into a fancy graphic of their new pickup. Sure. So we might already be doing, working some signings going on. We have staff in there to like start making some media around the new players that oh, yeah. we're picking up in Korea. So I've got high hopes. Also, especially considering if you look at the grand scheme of things, Teams are being very, very, very slow to announce things right now. We were, it's free agent day, it's noon, here's everyone we're getting rid of, in one go, no trickle of names coming out over time, right. just this is what we're doing, here, here it is, thank you. It, it, to me that says, awesome. first of all, awesome for those players because now everybody knows they're in free agency. I like that. If you're going to get rid of someone, don't drag it out and drop them at the last minute when everybody else has already picked up their teams. This gives them the best chance to get a new team, and it shows we have a plan. Yeah. We know what we're doing. So we're going into this scouting situation. We might already have players in mind, or we have a couple players we're looking at and seeing how they're performing at the gauntlet. Either way, it, this to me, this shows vision, and that's encouraging to me. And I like, as a fan, to just know, okay, the Band-Aid's been ripped off right away. They didn't play with it. I knew they were going to be making changes. These are what the changes are. I'm not sitting around wondering what's going to happen like a lot of other fans of other teams are. So kudos, Mayhem. It's a good, a good start to the offseason. Yeah. And I think there's definitely more work we have to do, but encouraging first steps, and I'm excited to see what, what they decide to do.
Aside from just the team changes in the Mayhem, I figure I may as well go ahead and hit this while we're talking about Mayhem changes. Okay. Mayhem had some management changes. Yes. Um, yeah, Albert Yeh is now the new general manager of the Mayhem. Yes. And uh, Bare Hands, gone. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize Matt had been gone for a while. Matt's been gone since August. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I missed that one. Sorry. Mayhem. Had to do it. Couldn't, couldn't resist. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen. I don't know, I, you know, Ben Spoon seems to think that Bare Hands did a lot of good for their team. So, okay, maybe he did. I, 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 sure, Ben Spoon, why not? You seem like a reasonably trustworthy guy. I met you in a garage once. You seem, you seem like a nice fella. You had family. What a, what a cool guy. Um, <laughs> seems like the kind of guy I could trust, you know? I'm, not, I'm just saying. I like Ben. Yeah. Um, so, so, great. But uh, that doesn't change the fact that Bare Hands created a PR nightmare for them. That's true. That definitely happened. And I don't think it was ever going to go away. I think he was going to stay a PR nightmare for them forever, and I don't think that the value that he was going to add to the team was going to be right. worth it. I do think he did do some good, like, a lot of the off-season, or the, the mid-season pickups were yeah. bare hands. And I do think we made a lot of good pickups. The only one that didn't feel like bare hands to me was, yeah, or was, um, excuse me, Byram. Byram felt like a very yeah pickup. So if you remember before this role, yeah was more in a scouting position. Right. So him and Bare Hands were doing most of the scouting. And to me, yeah is very plugged into the tier two scene. So he's looking for more unknown players where he sees potential. Are we talking yeah or yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Three H's now our GM, yeah. yeah. Not the yeah who's no longer Albert. on the team. Yes. We may have to just start calling so, him Albert. <laughs> well, the other yeah is gone. So let's just act like. It's I'm never going to talk about him because literally I don't know what he did <laughs> and what impact he had on the team. He was just there and he was gone. Okay. I, I, I can't speak to it. That him. seems fair. But, yeah, I have a little bit more of an understanding. Like, he's played in the Tier 2 scene. He was yep. on the Team Shoes Money crew. Um, and his, to me, pickups like Apply, McGravy, um, Byram, players that probably no other team would pick up, these are more what I associate with Yeah. Okay. Where... Bare Hands picked up big Korean names. Fate, Gargoyle, and Karashan were making waves. Fate was in already on his way in before right? Bare Hands, though. That's what the that's what the everything was saying. Fate had already been arranged to free Bare Hands. Really? Because that's what I have been led to understand. Well, they were saying when they came out, when they announced the new players they picked up, they said the Karashan deal was negotiated before Fate. Right. So, and that was more bare hands was the gargoyle card. Right, but I was under the, the impression that fate really wasn't the one negotiating the fate deal. Maybe. Hmm. Anyway. Too many rumors. Still, We're not going to deal with still, it. Still, I, I feel like he was more like picking up those big yeah. Korean names. So I'm a little bit worried that we end up picking no-name talent that doesn't pan out and we have a Boston season two mm. situation on our hands. I'm a little skeptical or a little bit worried on that. This could be totally unfounded fears, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lay those out there because I feel like there's only everyone just sees the bare hands let go as a positive move and bare hands in general as being a bad thing. But not I want to put the true. possibility that they the or what the organization is saying is could not just be them being nice to a former employee and could be actually true. He did do some good stuff, right. and I'm hoping we don't see a slip backwards now that he's gone. Also worth noting is with Ye as the general manager, yeah. he is likely to get other management in there 
yeah. presumably someone who's doing scouting because they've now realized the value of having a dedicated scouter. Yeah. He's not going to be able to be that dedicated scouter as the GM. Probably not. He'll so, probably still have a hand in it, but not but as yeah. much. So all kinds of things. We're going to move on to some other roster changes outside of the Florida Mayhem. All right. We're going to start with the Chengdu Hunters because they're just – they've just surprised me that they have elected to keep – yeah. Just all of their players. They're the only team to have done this as of right now. They're the only team to have signed everybody. And I think I agree with most keeping most of your players. There's a few question marks. Like, I don't know if you need Jikiren still. He proved to be a not good main tank, and you need a main tank who isn't Ameng. Ameng's great in what he does, but also terrible at what he doesn't. Right. So hopefully they add some new blood there. Um, and then there's some, like, bench boys, like, I think they have Gary. I think that's Chengdu who has Gary. Who's Gary? I don't know. He never plays. But I think he's on their team still. So, uh, yeah. yeah, but otherwise, I mean, they, they had a good season overall, and a lot of their players are nutty. So mostly makes sense to me. Yeah, I think I think Jichirin will wind up being ultimately a boon. If it, it, The problem was that he, he came, came late. in late. So I think given the amount of time to really practice and synergize and get all the things together that they need he to do. He ended up still having, like, basically two stages, though. You'd think by stage four they would have utilized him. I mean, like, I, I know they have previous experience with each other, but you have a team like Vancouver Titans picks up Tizzy, and he's in in a week. Right. And they make it to grand finals. So, sure. I don't know. I feel like I feel like they had more than enough time. We integrated Gargoyle by, the, <clears throat> by stage four. Like, they had the same... Same amount of time with Jikrin that we had with oh, yeah. Gargoyle. So they also weren't having the same struggles that we were having, and they had learned to play around this odd style that only Among played. Right. So I think that's part of it. I think part of it is just we've learned this weird style. Maybe. It's working right now for us, and to really I integrate just, Jikrin, we're gonna have to learn back. I don't know if I'm ready to bet all my cards on that though. Sure. Especially since that could be that's the one position that they probably need to upgrade, and this could be a championship contending team. They're that good. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not. Hope. Hopefully, there's some moves there, but I'm not. I'm not super thrilled. But okay. Yeah. Cool. So we're gonna talk about some surprising free agents next here. Um, London and New York, two of the most popular teams, some of the best players on them, yes. have a, have allowed Birdring, Mecco, and Flower to fall into free agency. Yes. So, let's define real quick what some of the situations are. So if you've seen, there's an Overwatch League article out there that has listed the players that are free agents, are have team options, or are currently signed. At this point, the team options are over. So if they didn't take the team options, they're now yes. free agents. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. No. Interesting. I think, I think the team options still stand, and they can choose to let go of them later. I think that's until November. Free agency are the people who didn't have the team options. Okay. Either way... We don't know whose team options got activated because this article came out before Monday. Right. So Monday was that deadline. Right. So all we have is we know the team option players. They could be picked up. They could not. We don't know. Like Flower is still listed under team option if you check the web website. Okay. But we now know via Twitter he's looking for team and he's a free agent. Right. So right. anyone with team option is a question mark. We don't know. They could be shined. They could not. They could be let go. Um, currently signed, they're in. Right. They've been signed unless they get traded to another team. They currently have a contract gonna... for the 2020 season either exactly. way, whether yep. they get whether they move to another team or not. And then free agent, 
this means other teams can make offer. There is not a current contract with the team that they were on in the 2019 season. However, that does not mean that that team has let go of them and is trying to get rid of them. Until you see the goodbye Hagopun and friends message from a team, you could assume that their team is still courting them. It's just that player made the decision or they weren't able to reach a deal in time and they're able to receive other options and if they decide to go to another team, their former team can't really do anything about it. But it right. doesn't mean that they're gone. Sure. So, so that, Neko that's... has not been like officially announced. So we he could be getting picked up back by New York Excelsior. They just didn't come to an agreement in time for the article to come out. Am sure. I making sense? I understand what you're saying. Okay. That's how free agency works. Yeah. I just, and a lot but, of people are assuming, like, oh, Mecco's gone. Like, not, uh, not necessarily. Here's the thing. Like, here's the thing. Let's be honest about this, though. Because if I'm a team and I've got a player that I really want to keep, I'm going to work out a deal with them before free agency kicks in. Because I don't want them to go into free agency. I don't want other people to pick them up or make other offers on true. them. True. Because if they're making other offers, I'm a team owner. That means I have to spend more money because I have to yep. beat their offers. But, or I have to be able to offer them something that they really like that makes them stay here. Now, I'm a player. I know my contract's expiring now, and I can go into free agency, and I think I'm a very good player, and I'm going to get a lot of offers, and I could bump up my salary 100K right. if I just wait a month, get other team offers, and then go back to my same team, but say, hey, London is offering me 300K. But I believe Flower was listed as team option before he came out as the Yes, team. I think I think Flower so is legit, even means, though they haven't announced it yet. Right, so that means that that team allowed agent. him to free agent. Yes. Right, so if they had team option, they're currently looking for team, that means they're free agent now, I th and they've, the teams have allowed them to... In this is, yep. So this is important, right? This means to New York, Flower is not worth electing that team option, not worth keeping locked down. And, yeah. and that's important. And that probably means that to pick him up, they would have to have paid more than what they were already doing, unless they were overpaying him, and that's why they didn't elect to do the contract. That's the only other situation. The only but situation. I feel like Flower is probably gone. Yeah. So Mecco, I'm unsure. Flower, good chance he's, he's not coming there's back. Just, it's just some interesting things that these people have allowed them but, to fall into free agency. And not only have these big-name teams let people... Significant people. We got Birdring, who's fallen into free yes. agency. Um, now, he did not have a team option at this point because he's gone for two years and they yep. all had a one year contract with a one year a one team option. One. Yep. Um, you know, unless some other thing had been negotiated that I didn't right. know about. But I'm pretty sure he just was going into free agency either there way. There are some things that have been negotiated. Like you could see, like, I know Big Goose is under team option right now. So potentially you could right. have negotiated something in the offseason of 2019. Or different sorts of contracts, right. but if you have your original, if you're still running off of your inaugural league, inaugural season start yeah. contract, it's running out. Yeah. If so you were starting. So Birdring is being is is off in free, free agency. agency, and and London has announced he's gone. So yeah. Birdring is they're done they're with gone. Birdring. So we got big names who are walking out. Yeah. And people were wondering if he might be retiring or something like that. He's put out a message. He is officially looking for a team. He doesn't want to retire. He wants to compete. So that's going to be one of the hottest free agents. Uh, it could be. Easily. There's already rumors going around. He yeah. has been followed by the Guangzhou Charges rise and Fraggy. 
so people are wondering, maybe birdering to uh, to Guangzhou charge. Twitter follow but, rumors. Right? You gotta love the Twitter follow rumors. The, what the, the best what? source. But I'm like, they already have Happy, so it doesn't really make that much sense to me. And Nero. Like, this, is, this isn't a team that needs birdering. No. But I think... I think Birdring will land somewhere, and it'll be super interesting to see. It will be. Flower as well, although I think Flower would be a great pick to replace Birdring on London because he has that Widowmaker that Prophet doesn't, and he's also great at a whole bunch of heroes just like Prophet. Yeah. That's a scary, flexible lineup. That would be awesome. Be <laughs> but let's, since we're talking about surprising free agents, um, Toronto Defiant. Yes. Gods is a free agent. Yep. Talk about the most marketable free agent on in the league right now. Yes. I mean, just even at his performance on stage aside, this guy is marketable in the way that Siwoosh is marketable for the Florida Mayhem. And right. they brought him back just for it. He's yeah. not playing on them, but he's working with them right now. Yeah, it looks like he stuff. might be brought into some kind of like social media side of things. Like he might be official right. Florida Mayhem organization. Right. And so uh, just having gods around your team. Yeah. Is a huge amount of traffic around your team. Yep. Yeah, everybody loves gods. Like, yeah. Those, the gods, Mangachu, and Logic's pickup brought Defiant tons of fan when they had basically none, particularly in the Blizzard Arena. Like, yeah. silent yeah. for Toronto Defiant until those points, right? Um, so even though they weren't having good performances, like, Gods is someone who was very popular and he was a good player. He was definitely one of the oh, better yeah. pieces of the Toronto Defiance. So when I saw God's gone, this was a big sign that they're going to be making a lot of changes. And yeah. they have been. They've After that, we've now seen Sherrick, um, Aid, and I'm 37 have been released as well. I wouldn't be surprised if that's not the end and we see some more today or later Oof. this week. So, but yeah, God's was, God's was pretty surprising, especially as the first announcement. And I think it might have been that he jumped the gun and announced it before the team did. And then mm -hmm. the team was just like, okay, we need to get something out there for gods. Um, yeah. But yeah, pretty pretty surprising. It says a lot about what this Toronto Defiant offseason is going to look like. Probably going to be pretty brutal. Yeah. So I, I know what that's like. Florida Mayhem Season 1 fan checking in. Hey. I know what that's like. I'm so sorry. And it hurts me too because they're my, they're my number two my number two team. Number two. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't catch breaks, apparently. <laughs> no. Well, um, aside from those, let's round out the roster changes with some surprising signings. Right. I'd like to point out the fact that a, uh, a poor-performing Dallas has signed nearly every member of their roster over again <laughs> for the third season in a row. I don't, this one floored me when I saw this. You re-signed everybody, like... Except Note. Except, and of all players! Note, like most people have been saying, like that should be the one player building around. He's the one person who had a pretty consistent performance this whole season, because everyone, maybe they had some highs, but they had some lows, except for Note. Note was pretty consistent. I don't know what's happening. I don't, Dallas, listen, I'm so, <laughs> so listen, sorry though. for Dallas. Here's the, only, here's the only thing that could be happening. There's only one way this works. Okay. All right? Talk to me. You did not sign these people to be a winning team. I mean, it's true. They're That's very it. popular. Yeah. They're popular. People love Taimu. People love Mickey. People love Harry Hook. People love these people. AKM. AKM. French fans. They, they just, they love them. Yeah. This is what makes sense, is we sign this team because people love this team. But do you think that people will still, like, 
love them as much if they keep losing and they don't see like any change. Like I've already seen some upset Fuel fans. Like I don't know what's worse, like cutting some of these players or keeping them and just doing even worse as Cuttings? every other team gets better. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know. What I see what this is is um, you gonna fall. I'm like stuck in my stool. Like my foot has like bent oh, no. backwards and like got itself caught. I don't. We're free now. Uh, <laughs> so, but I see this as a thing, um, a, a criticism that has been often, and and maybe a compliment, depending on how you're how you're giving it. But something that's been often said about why do I want to call him Harsha? What the heck is his name? The the owner of the Dallas Feeling and the Envious organization. Oh, oh, Castro. Castro. Named for the Houston Astros. Dallas really? Dallas team owner. Yes. H Astro is Houston Astros. Oh no, <laughs> I always find that weird. Moving um, on. But Hastro has a problem letting go of players. He treats players very well and tries to keep them as long as he as, as he can. He has a problem letting people go, and he feels really bad about doing it. So that has often been something that's really good and makes people want to play for Envious. But also, when there's problem children, it makes it it makes issues become harder than they need. Mm. So I could see this being a Hastro thing of not wanting to let people go, but very, very, very questionable just from an outside standpoint because I think out of some of the teams, like I went through and made all of the changes, like thought of you should drop these people, you need to pick up people in this position. When I looked at the Dallas Fuel, this was a, this was the only team that I thought blow it up, blow it up, blow it up. There's, I I can't pinpoint what's wrong, just everything seems broken, I would just blow it up and start new. And they decided to keep everything. Except Note, who was maybe the one person I would say, maybe you keep Note. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I, confused. I thought Unko and AKM would have wanted to go gone to Paris. I was thinking that was going to be a shared thing. And I'm very I don't know what's happening. I mean, maybe, maybe Dallas was trying to trade him. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that was weird. I agree. Weird signing. Weird signing. Another weird signing. Another weird signing. Weird signing alert. Hangzhou. Hang Hangzhou signed. Get this. Get this. The player they banned, Crystal. Yeah. Literally, this what? guy, you, like, complain about him all season, <clears throat> like, are beefing with him via Twitter. He's not showing up to practice. He's just chilling in China. You're suspending the guy. And then you re-sign him? Like, you blamed him for a bad stage four, and then you re-signed him. Like, I thought this guy had no career in Overwatch, like, here forward because of the events in... But nope. You nope. Pick, you, pick, you, pick him, you sign him again, under contract. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. There's so many questions here. So confused. So, um... like, But they haven't signed Bozzy yet. Who performed awesome on the Doomfist during the playoffs for them? Like surprise everybody. Bazi, eh, he's still team option. Crystal, lock that boy down. We need Crystal. We're not gonna let Boston have him for free. That's all I could think of. It's just, I guess screw <laughs> you, Boston. You want Crystal? No, he's ours. He's ours to suspend. <laughs> no. I don't. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. So. That one was a big. <laughs> we'll do our we'll do our best to keep bringing you the highlights of the off season. Um, I would say the other I, I have not surprising signings, but big free agents. Sure for yeah, Rujay Hong. Yeah, 
two really big names that we didn't really touch on. Name. Like, I'm not sure if, like, these are also two team people that haven't really been fully announced, so maybe they go back to their teams. But I think of, when I think of Gladiators, I think of Shirtfort. When I think of Soul Dynasty, I think of Rue Hong. So to lose what I view as your franchise player is to not have them already locked down is super scary for me. Like, I would have been freaking out if we did not have Saya player under contract. Right. I would have been losing my mind on this podcast today. But I keep him and Fate are under contract. There are two players right now that are under contract. Just so you know, Florida fans, everyone else is still team option. Because they didn't get announced, I'm expecting them to keep to keep them. But we don't really know. Right. But Fate. Saya signed. We have Saya player. And I'm like, he's our franchise boy, right? We're filming him in his hometown in Dayton right now. We're, I'm very happy. You, but shirt for it. Gladiators don't have anyone under contract as of when the article was posted. Crazy. So maybe they're still working the things Los out. They got, rid of their they, entire, they got rid of their entire coaching staff. They did. And one of their coaches has now gone to the, the um, Washington Justice who Washington Justice, their GM, also used to be on the Gladiators, their new GM. So we could be seeing an exodus of more Los Angeles Gladiators, probably staff at the very least, but I wouldn't be surprised to see players go there as well. It's true. But it's hard to imagine Sherford going over there when they've got uh, their... When they've with got Corey. Corey. Yeah, I can't imagine that. But someone like Hydration, because they haven't... Washington Justice have locked down Corey. They did not lock down Stratus. Yeah. I don't know. We'll don't see. Know. I could see a lot of exodus from... Gladiators to there. But anyway, okay. That's we don't it. have tons of time Free left. Agency. We don't have tons Done. of time left. Let's not forget about the gauntlet, though. All yes. right? It started last night while we were seeping. I, I watched the first match. Surprising. Surprising and, first match. And it's going to be, it is the biggest recruitment tool for the Overwatch League 2020 season. Yes. That's it. They're, every team, it looks like, has somebody there to check out the players and be prepared teams. to do yeah. signings. And whatever yeah. they need to do, as soon as this gauntlet is over, I think we should expect new signings. But go ahead, take your five minutes to talk about the gauntlet, and then we're, then we're okay. closing it out. So I kind of already explained what the gauntlet is, but if you didn't know, this is basically the final part of the 2019 contender season. So teams have been competing in their home regions, North America, Europe, Pacific, Korea. Um, I think that's it. Um, all, all year to qualify for this tournament. Top teams from the regions got in, and now they're all competing against each other so they could show, hey, we're actually better than Korea. Stop doubting us and saying Korea's better. Or Korea can say, hey, we're the best, right. basically, um, is the purpose so. of this competition. It's all on land, so you can actually show your chops on land because that's a big thing to translate to the Overwatch League. Um, it's a good opportunity for people to show their stuff. Um, it's a weak... It's, it's a gauntlet. They do not lie about this name. It is a... Quick tournament with a lot of matches over like five days. It's it's basically the length of the Overwatch postseason, if not longer, including the play-in tournament, but done in an entire from a Tuesday night to a Saturday night. Oh my gosh! It's really quick. So it's like I was watching it at ten o'clock last night. You were watching it this morning at as six. I was on my way to the studio. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. Um, I think. So there's a couple of things to look at just as a whole. Again, you're going to want to definitely see how the other teams stack up against Korea. Already heartening. The Pacific region, who most people just counted down and out coming in, brought Element Mystic, a team that's very well known for spectacular Doomfist play, right. even when Doomfist wasn't meta. 
um, was brought to map five by the Pacific Region team and was actually outshining Sparkle on the Doomfist. Wow. So don't know if that was just a bad day for Sparkle. He said he didn't have the right um, whatever settings. Is, I want to say DPI, but that's our player. But I think that's no, the word for bridge. it. Okay. Um, the DPI settings. But there's already, there's already some exciting and surprising things coming out of the tournament. So it, it definitely something to keep your eye on. Um, I have a few players that I want to look at just in general and then as a Florida Mayhem fan. I was going to say keep an eye on Bianca because I think New York Excelsior or New York Excelsior's academy team, XL2, right now they're all like Western players except Bianca is the sole Korean. Right. And to me, I think this has been an incubation um, thing, like capsule for Bianca, just like last year. It was an incubator for Flower. Sure. Um, I, I thought for sure they were going to bring him up, and then all of a sudden an announcement comes, Mecco's in free agency. Seems even more likely that they're going to pick up Bianca. But last night, Bianca doesn't play at all. So they have Buds on an off tank. Who Buds is traditionally a DPS player. Right. So I don't know what's going on. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I would say if you see Bianca, keep an eye on him, because I think he joins New York, but maybe he's already practicing with New York because they knew they were going to bring him up anyway, so they're not mm -hmm. even having him participate in the gauntlet. Um, besides that, um, I, I think I'll just focus on the Florida players because I don't think anyone outside like Hawk and Gator on Atlanta Academy are maybe two other players to watch. We right. already saw how Gator was, and I think Hawk's an awesome Western off tank. So it'll be interesting to me to see, A, do they show Hawk on Sigma, or do they play him on Orisa? Okay. Um, and then I would generally just watch how do teams stack up against the Korean teams, especially Atlanta Academy. So Atlanta Academy just went on an insane run. They only dropped one map the entire season, including the postseason wow. of the last season of Contenders. They only lost one map in the grand finals of the season. Otherwise, they had 3-0'd or 4-0'd every single person they've come across in, on their way to being the champion. So this is the most dominant team we've ever seen in North America. And you have to remember, we used to have this really dominant team that went on a crazy undefeated streak called Fus Fusion University, destroyed everybody, goes to the Atlantic Showdown, which is when um, the North American and the European contenders teams face off against each other. Right. And they dominated that tournament. Right. And then they go to Korea, and they don't even, like, I think they make it to the first round of playoffs that fall out if they even made playoffs. Right. Like, they didn't... not a good showing. No. So we were like, okay, NA really isn't as good as we expected. But now we have this Atlanta team, even more dominant than we expected. Gators on it, who had an amazing showing in the Overwatch League right. playoffs. Um, so this is like NA's hope. If you see this team go down, bad signs for the West. That's true. Europe is already out of the tournament as of last night. They bombed out hard. Oof. Um, because the Pacific region just showed up so strong. Pacific region is now came out second in the group behind Element Mystic. So, I don't know. Definitely, that's the storyline to watch. I'll get to the players real quick. So, there's two roles that I think Florida's really going to be looking at this offseason. It's going to be projectile DPS players, because we don't have any, and then support. Because all yep. we got is Byram right now, and then we have Chris as well. And you could probably just bring in a new support line. Yeah. So... For flex DPS players, there's four players I'm going to look at, and I'm going to qualify each one. Okay. We've got, we'll start with the big one. Out of all the flex DPS players that are available, particularly in Korea, probably the biggest free age, like, 
or not free agent, but player that hasn't been in the Overwatch League that everyone's probably going to be trying to get is a dude named Sparkle. This guy has been amazing throughout his entirety of contenders. He's looked like the best DPS player in Korea for since he hit the scene, basically. Um, And he's turning 18, so he can actually be in the league. And everybody's probably going to want this guy. Getting Sparkle would be ridiculous as a Florida Mayhem fan because we usually don't get these really big signings. No, yeah. This is this is Sparkle is this year's decay, right? Like this is probably going to be the guy who has the highest salary coming in, at least out of the new players. Like this this guy is going to be a very big deal. Um, I would and I would be super happy if Florida got him, but I do think there are some better options as well. Right. So. Who I've got as our best option is going to be Runaways Yaki. So he is also a projectile player. So Farah, Genji, very, very good player. Runaway has been a dominant team forever. But they they became the Vancouver Titans originally, and then they brought in a whole new roster, and then that team goes and wins contenders too. Yeah. So, so like this is a team that's really good at scouting players, and Yaki is a very, very good player. Um, the reason why I think he would be a, the best fit is because Yaki, interestingly, also has a very good tracer. And we don't have a tracer player. Logix was a tracer player. Saya can play tracer. But he's not a great tracer. But he's tracer. not great. He's adequate. But I would rather have him like sub, like switch to a tracer only if he feels like he needs it for a small portion of the map. But if we were ever in a tracer meta, I would not want to see Saya player in all the time. Right. So having a Yaki who can play Tracer at a at a good level, um, I, it would be a really good fit. He basically would basically fill all the holes that BQB and Saya don't play. So I would really like to see Yaki, and he's a very very talented player. So okay. he's who I'm hoping for. That's probably the best option. Um, the cheap option is probably going to be Water on LA Gladiators or their academy team, so Gladiator's Legion, Right, it's called. Um, he is also a projectile DPS player known for his far end, Genji, something we're sorely lacking. But he's not playing in Korean contenders, which makes him a little bit overlooked, unfortunately, even though he's a Korean player. Sure. And he that also means he's been playing in North America. He has his visa issues all put aside so you don't have to worry about all that stuff he's already kind of been integrated good this guy speaks decent english he would be potentially a good pr person for the team having some like water could t- be a good pickup and probably cheaper than someone like yaki and sparkle so i think water is definitely a good option i've mentioned him before on the show definitely someone to look out for he plays tonight um but the person i think is most likely is going to be a night a guy named glister Glister plays for Genji, which is the Seoul Dynasty Academy team. And he is, surprise, surprise, a projectile DPS player. Um, That's what we're talking about. But (laughs) this guy, the reason I think he's most likely is because I think he's kind of getting overlooked because you have Runaway and um, Element Mystic being these two powerhouse teams. I think everyone's really focused on the players of those teams. I think Genji's going a little bit under the radar, and Glister especially. So I think we might be able to get something going there. And also, Glister has played with BQB in the past. Mm. So there's already some established synergy there. That's good. So to me, this one just makes a lot of sense. Like, if I had to put money on who I think we're going to pick up, 
as a projectile DPS player, if it's not like someone like Otto who is already in the Overwatch League. I think Glister just makes a ton of sense, I think, for the team. Right. Um, so I know I'm going to be watching his performance. The one thing I don't know about Glister is his Doomfist. No, he's got a Farah. No, he's got a Genji. Like Hanzo, your typical projectile players. Doomfist, I don't know. So right. I'll be interested to see if he's in, because they have three DPS players. I'll be interested to see if Glister's in and if he's playing Doomfist. He plays tonight. So I don't know. I, right. I don't we'll have like last night to go off of, but should be interesting. But those are the four players I'm going to be looking at. Great. Otherwise, for support, I think we should pick up a support line. We could just grab someone like Myungbong um, and just bring in a flex support player and run them with Chris. I think we would be most benefited as a team picking up a support line with established synergy. So getting a main support and a flex support on an existing team that's already performing well. And then just have our just, support line be a backup. Yeah, and just have Chris like be a backup or something like that. Be a, in, an out-of-game leader. He's sure. utilized players as out-of-game leaders in the past. We're pretty good at that. Yeah. So I could definitely see that. So the two, the two teams that we could really do this, because they're going to actually turn 18 in time for the next Start season of, of Overwatch League, is going to be the Element, Element Mystic support line and the Runaway support line. And if I had to pick between the two, um, I, would, I think I'd very much pick Runaway particularly because their main support player is would probably instantly be top five, top six in the league. Oh, wow. I think he's fantastic. His mechanics are, in, are insane. He's incredibly smart. He's great at setting up plays. He's great at getting kills. His ultimates are always spot on. Really, really, really good main support league. Definitely great. the best outside the league. If we could get Lee Jae-gong is his name, I would really like it. And then I always forget the flex support name because he also has, like, it's like, Jay Lee something. Oh. They're like very similar. Oh no. And I, I he doesn't impress me as much as Lee Jae Gong, but he's he's very good. And he has that established synergy already with um, Lee Jae Gong. Sure. So I think picking up either them or the Element Mystic um, support line could be really good. And then if you go for these two players of Runaway, maybe you make a package deal with Yaki. You get all three players from the team. Right. Bare Hands had been working on establishing a relationship with Runaway. We had mentioned that they had been in talks with them. Flowervin, the team manager or team owner of Runaway, has right. mentioned that, like has said, like Florida Mayhem fighting on stream. Like So they have a bit of a relationship built there. Good. So I think those could be potentially good choices. Gauntlet talk, done. Okay. You, uh, you went... 13 minutes. Did I actually? You did. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you are terrible at five minute explanations. Yep. All right. That is all the time that we have, <laughs> and then some. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to Popped Off, who uh, supports us and helps us and does all kinds of things for us. It's the reason we're on all the platforms that we're on. Big thank you to them. Uh, remember, we're available, speaking of those platforms, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Make sure to follow us on socials for news. And uh, I used to say behind-the-scenes looks, but I haven't taken a behind-the-scenes photo in that long. Okay? So please make sure to follow our social medias for news and stuff. All right? So thanks again. I'm Allure I'm Howler. And we will see you when we see you. And remember, kids, let's not buy the pig while it's still in the bag.